we fumbled the bag. We did it the really. wrong time. We really we did. I mean, especially yeah. we have a we have a troop on this podcast, and we didn't get a red scent. I know. I could have. I could have worn an eye patch or we something. We could have. We could have gotten alone and like bought like a piece of land. You could have. Like yeah, the you could have like thing. Just need to like have like two hours of sleep and talk really slow, and I'm sure people would give us. All we'll sorts get you of the eye patch from Kill Bill. That's perfect. I love it. You walk around looking like a white slick Rick. Yeah, man, that's that's all I really want in my life. I all the things we could have done with fifty grand of a PPP loan. And we could have bought that uh, lion's not sheep truck. <laughs> was yeah, it, is that man. a Chevy or what kind of truck was it? Oh, that was like a Ford F three fifty that we saw okay. outside AlphaCon with with a lift kit and those like just. Utterly ridiculous, like the monster truck tires. Like, paint job like, I've ever seen too. It, it's really to the point. It was really to the point that it was so souped up and it was so lifted that you actually probably couldn't drive that off, like off road, because it would just yeah, it would just tip over and like was barely street legal. Let let alone like being able to actually like handle any sort of rocky terrain. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if we were recording or not, but did. Did did Brace talk about going to AlphaCon when we were recording, or was that? Yes, yes, okay. he did. All right, yeah, he did. I was thinking about that story of them paying them to all fly out there and then saying they can't come in <laughs> after they get there. That's so funny. I There's really thousands truly believe upon they're thousands of Brace dollars thrown away. <laughs> I really yeah. truly believe that they want to let Brace speak up there for like 15 to 20 minutes on whatever he wanted to. And then they finally looked him up and like, oh, no, we can't do that at all. They had done a presentation on the Tommy year of the smile. Right now. I know. Dude, I just know. Brace Belden for 20 minutes talking to the AlphaCon folks about the Black Panthers in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been great. Well, uh, it's bringing the history money. of G. The history of Gigi Allen. <laughs> please that would have been amazing it's Brigham young money you've got a full you got, you got the full slate here you got all you got all three of your boys here and first we're having time a good time. Long time first time in a long time like i said last time it's been a busy summer it's been uh, a hectic existence but we, we 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 power on and we're at episode 98 and Are we at ninety eight? I don't know. We keep we keep losing count of episodes. I feel like Goldberg with like his like undefeated streak. Like nobody knows how many matches he's actually won. <laughs> it, it adds to the mythos of just like the pod, where we don't actually know what episode number. I just somebody wrote that this is episode ninety eight. I think it was Greg. That's so, but, that's that's perfect. Yeah, cool. Anyway, it's, it's, it's uh, going to be episode ninety eight for the next forever. We're actually <laughs> never going to get to our hundred. That would be really funny. We just keep <laughs> doing episode ninety eight. It's like it's like the uh, like the forty year old uh, woman who's scared to turn forty, so she's just like I'm having my nineteenth consecutive twenty first birthday. That's funny that you mentioned that. I was uh um Sarah was on I was on off the crossbar last week. I can't remember if she said this on pod or not. I have all, we have all these conversations with people, and I can't remember if they're recorded or not. But um, she was talking about how she when she was turning thirty she was she made all these plans to celebrate her 30th birthday party and had been planning it for like a couple months it was like a huge gigantic thing with a bunch of friends a few days before she realizes that she's turning 29 and not 30 
Hell yes. <laughs> it's just so That's awesome. so incredibly on brand for Sarah. I love I know, it. Sarah rules. Yeah, it cracked me up, dude. That's a great oh, feeling. She's the best. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. Anyway, since we've all been gone for like, I don't know, we've been on and off for like the last couple months. Thank you all, everyone, for not canceling your Patreon yeah. stuff. You, you were the real MVP because in, in light of our um, – inability to give you content because of whatever reason uh you you kept giving us money so the amount of times um, like we're all free at the same time through like the summer with everything going on it's uh it's very difficult so shout out to everyone sticking around and uh continuing to funnel money toward causes that we appreciate so um like my pool in my backyard that's going in tomorrow (laughs) yeah Yeah, one day that cause will be buying jordan a lifted f-350 with a digital camo uh paint job on it (laughs) exactly like lion's not cheap yep so let's see what what, what's going on what's going on with you guys it's been it's it's been a it's been a hot summer we finally are in august uh the throes of august what's does the 9th of August counts as the throws. I'm going to count it as the throws. It's so hot still. Sure. It's still hot. We've got like a week ahead of us of what I think are just lightning bolts on my weather app. So I think that's probably good. <laughs> lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. So it's cooling down a little bit. Um, we had like the, one of the hottest Julys. Uh, Literally the history. hottest of all time. Yeah. And the fourth driest in Utah history. Um yeah, most great. triple digit days ever. Yeah. And like it's Every also probably day not a good was 104 sign. degrees. Yeah, it was gnarly. It was it also wasn't a good sign that like just the general water situation in the southwest, like the like Lake Mead dropped like three feet in like 24 hours and like exposed even more like dead bodies and like uh <laughs> people in suitcases or like gold doubloons that were stolen by We're finally like, gonna find Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, just I so many so. people who had aliases in the film Casino. <laughs> yeah, man. it's tough. So, uh, you know, Greg and I talked a little bit about this on the Q and A episode where we're talking about the long term uh, habitation real reality of Utah, and <laughs> I feel like we kind of came face to face with it some more this year. But as far lol, as it's lol, it's going to keep yeah getting. Yep worse i think so we're gonna become phoenix and phoenix is gonna become hell yeah what are, what are they gonna do so you're not gonna be able to like you're gonna walk outside of your front door in mesa and just evaporate <laughs> they deserve it down there too just kidding it's cool i like arizona's arizona's kind of tight if it's not uh, I fucking hate between. I will. I will go on record by and say that Phoenix is my least favorite city in all of America, and I do Here's not know how it's so big, dude. You, what you need to do is Google. I think it was a. Is I think it might have been for the New York Times. Someone did an article on the bachelorette party phenomenon that's taking place in Scottsdale. And why would you? Like why, a, why are you going to Scottsdale? Dude, there's an entire bachelorette industrial complex that is completely <laughs> propped up in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it's spectacular. It rules. I, is it, I think is it's it so just a, it's like a city just run like the entire city council are just like TikTok influencers? Dude, you'd be, they have like there are companies that are dedicated to building uh, 
like decor for bachelorette parties in Scottsdale, Arizona, where they put up they they bring up like what is essentially like a green screen or like a background at like a red carpet, and they like it's like fun backgrounds to take Instagram pictures in front of, <laughs> and uh, it's a whole thing down there. Um, it's a big party town, dude. So you know. Is what it is. And they, and they superimpose me going to the bachelorette party <laughs> and blowing my brains out. They're going to have <laughs> – we should get into this. We should go down there, pretend to be one of these companies and provide them with a backdrop. And it's just the three of us on the backdrop. And we get to be in the background of Hell all yes. of these bachelorette party photos. There we go. Um. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Arizona seems cool right now. No. But – no. Alas, uh, we do live in a bit of a uh, state of hell at all times. I think we've just got a hell, hell-like hell baseline, and that's why we have the hell-like oh, baseline a, segment. That's a hell of a segue. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, this that's is why he's job. This is why he's the main host, folks. This is why I'm your, I'm your, uh, I'm the cartographer of this podcast. I really just guide us through. Jordan, give us the drop, please. <laughs> There we go. It's so fucking dumb. I love it. It's every. It gets me every time. It makes me sad when we don't have it. I liked Greg improving it that uh, other time. That was nice. Yeah, but. I know. Oh, I yeah. edited that one too, and I loved your impromptu, just uh, mimicking of Keith David. I thought that was great. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm nothing if not disturbed. That. <laughs> I got blocked by the lead singer of Disturbed on Twitter. <laughs> really? Why? Disturbed? At this, at this point, who aren't you blocked by? He, he was saying something about COVID or something like that. And I said something to the kind of down with the sickness. I don't know what it was, but I got blocked for it. <laughs> I mean, so, he kind of set himself up for that one, though, right? Like, he, he kind of did. But it was like, come on, like if, somebody show, like, if somebody's showing their, like, sticking their chin out that much, you got to You got to just tag it with a right actually i think i said like man i i thought drowning pool was cool or something like that just like doing a little misdirection about which band he was with and i think that still got it but whatever <laughs> didn't the drowning pool guy die like years and years ago I oh yeah i don't, I don't listen music that. oh okay what you still like, like am i like, the only new metal head here it's I fine mean, probably i listen to corn uh, uh, I'm the only guy rocking Limp Biscuit at the gym. Yes. You yeah, literally no. the only person left. You and Brian are the only two people in the world who listen to Limp Biscuit at the gym. If you want to keep rolling, 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 that's up to you. But I am not joining you on that quest. Hey, that's fine. My way gets me up for a bench press. I'm sorry. Like, if you have a problem with that, yeah, if not, up with I, I'm not here. I, I'm fresh. not here to judge. You, you do whatever you want. Like. That's fine. I, I I mean, I listen to Click Click Boom too, or Tick, whatever that fucking song is. I don't fucking know. So that is Click Click Boom by Saliva. You will put respect yeah. on that name. I saw them at yeah. the Big Ass Show when I was like fourteen. Dude, remember oh, the man. Big Ass Show? Dude, wow, is that is that great? So I saw I AFI can. there. I saw MXPX. I saw NoFX. I saw so I, many I saw, good bands. Uh, I saw Airborne Toxic event before like their lead singer became like the worst resistance poster ever. Oh yeah. Did he really? Yeah, Mike Gillette. Dude, oh, is that I, him? I'm glad I don't follow these. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fucking terrible. 
Yeah, he's like yeah. he's like uh, like everybody's Mike saying Gillette. like we miss the Krasensteins. Like you have him. His name is Mike Gillette. Yeah, he is. How he, have I never found this guy before? Because you've, you, you've seen him. No, but you also like protect your space. There's there's no you way know. you have not missed him. Okay, well, he's at least he's Mike not like Gillette. occupied for oh, Democrats. Mikel Jolette. That's okay. There Mikhail. you go. Whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, wait. This is okay. I didn't even know this. He's like quote tweeting Marco Rubio. That's so <laughs> sad and boring. Yeah. Mikel Jolette is like the uncool version of like Nate Roos. Dude, he's retweeting like all the classic people like the Adam Park 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 uh Maronico, whatever he's got ny mag he's yeah. got the aaron rupar he's got all the classic he's retweets. got all of them man yeah, yeah he's it's, got he's doing the up. work he's um, doing the work by retweeting eric swalwell oh, <laughs> yeah man. he's right. terrible at so, any rate let's can, go from uh a terrible poster to the greatest poster of all time hellline brandon yeah hellline number one <laughs> Uh, Deep State Nine. Last night, Trump confirmed the FBI raided his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida, uh, reportedly to search for uh, classified documents. It's also hold like on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> when reached for comment about taking out uh, classified material, he had this to say: "Up yours, whoop, moralist." Maybe not that one. Hold. <laughs> Still ironing out the. I didn't know that. I just telling me now for the first time. Daddy dancer, dude. I was listening to. I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember what podcast it was, but somebody had was. Thinking, you were listening to Red Scare. Don't lie. No, I was. Listen, I was listening to the Adam Friedland show, and uh, oh, so you Adam were Friedland. So you were listening to Red Scare. Pretty much, yeah. It's the boys, the Red Scare for the boys. But um, Nick Mullen was thinking that, like, he thought that somebody had added in that music for all this time, and it wasn't until like like a month ago when he realized that was actually like real. So it's incredible. I think about it so so much, dude. It's, it's it just, occupies an just an annoying amount of space in my brain. That yeah. will be the last thought I have before the lights go. And it's out a good one. I, it honestly might be one of the best videos that's ever been in, been made and it's like so unintentionally guys, incredible you guys can't see me right now because i have my camera turned anyway off, should we get I, back my, to talking my, my, about uh big boy president getting raided by the fbi yeah great yeah. we keep losing you a little bit but it's okay well we're gonna we're gonna power through hopefully um this is again this is the deep state messing with my uh my internet connection they don't want us to talk about yeah donald trump's seizure of documents yeah that's what there's reportedly another fight between there's another firefight between the cia and u.s army at the server farm <laughs> <laughs> but it's really funny right now like seeing republicans lose their shit um and saying stuff to like defund the fbi and of course like the the regular fox news tropes of like asking about hillary clinton's emails yeah, and I mean, Hunter biden's uh coke yeah. and addiction like it's just it's funny because like it's always just like we've talked about it a lot but like they don't believe in anything and like the second that like a, something doesn't work for them then like it's bad they're all antifa yeah, yeah it, it's like the same reason they're like so terrified of like eighty-seven thousand new irs people like employees right. is because they're like oh 
they're going to institute Sharia law in the streets. It's like, no, what they're going to do is essentially like maybe audit the people who pay you. And that's what you're afraid of. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like the whole new IRS thing is so funny. Like, cause I I'm on truth social. So I see what's going on <laughs> on truth social. And I follow three accounts. I follow brace Belden. I follow Donald Trump and I follow, uh, what's it's what's the meme account called i can't remember what it's called but anyway are those the memes that you were sending me last night yeah they're from uh they're from the right to bear memes (laughs) (laughs) the right to bear memes donald trump and brace belden brace hasn't posted for a few months it kind of sucks but it's okay um yeah so the the post on truth like people are going so hard about the irs agent thing on truth social was it which is so funny because it's like I mean, realistically, the IRS has only had funding to essentially go after like poor people. Um, So like what this will likely do will give them resources to ostensibly go after like rich people that are actually committing crimes. The poor people that they're auditing are normally people who are just confused by our ridiculous tax system. And it's usually just like human error. But more funding will actually give them power to go after people who are actually cheating taxes. And uh, we that obviously only is very scary to a lot of Republicans. So, yeah. Oh. But also, um, yeah, like Marjorie Taylor Greene posting the upside down flag was so good, dude. <laughs> that was so funny. It was a it was a great day for posting yesterday. I couldn't just because how funny so that was. Funny. It was so good, too, because you had every sort of, like, conservative shithead, too. Like, well, why aren't you kicking in the door of all the people in, like, Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, client book? And then, like, the replies would just be nothing. Like, yeah, you mean this guy? And then just be Trump with Maxwell. Like, tons of them. Yeah. And apparently, the (laughs) FBI seized uh, Republican Representative Scott Perry's phone today. And Marjorie Taylor Greene just posted on Twitter a yes. screenshot of her calling Scott Perry and she said I just tried calling the FBI to ask them why they confiscated a sitting member of Congress's personal cell phone it rang twice <laughs> and it went to voicemail <laughs> yeah because I'm sure some guy in like an evidence like is like I'm not picking that up who, yeah. who am I going to talk to fucking owned it's, it's so awesome I dude. think her my tweets favorite, are so good I think my favorite though is Steven Crowder who uh was tweeting out he's like this is this is an act of war tomorrow we march i don't know exactly what he said but he said something just incredibly stupid uh and it's like this is a man who gets like stray dog type diseases and like has a punch card where his next hospital stay is free yeah yeah, I was about yeah. to say, like, if if uh, Steven Crowder was, like, any other type of species except for a human, like, he, you would have taken him to the vet to cross the Rainbow Bridge a long time ago. Yeah, man, he'd be put down already. Dude, and also, <laughs> guys, do you ever look through Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter feed? It is so insane. If you ever want to, he- like, see what, like, the culture war topics of the week are, yes. uh, just go to her feed. She She tweeted... She gave you like all of the different uh, all of the different things that like the right wing cares about right now in through this kind of tweet. She said, my preferred pronouns are impeach slash Biden, purge slash DOJ, defund slash FBI, fire slash Fauci, abolish slash ATF, 
close slash the slash border only slash two slash genders put slash prayer slash back slash in slash school and it just keeps going. It's just like no men and women's anything, ban drag queen story time, stop gender affirming care on kids, bring back American energy, America first. She like, they did the one joke, but for all of their culture war problems. Yeah. The only word in there that is a pronoun is my, and then <laughs> the rest are not. Um, so it's so awesome, dude. They have like they have the one joke, but the defund the FBI. Listen, I saw I saw I think it was the Matt Gates. I, I can't remember who it was, but essentially went on. Somebody was on. I don't think it was Matt Gates. It was someone else saying that we should defund and get rid of all of our um, uh, intelligence agencies. And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> OK. Well, I Let's mean, the funny that. thing is, like, the only, like, federal law enforcement they really want to have anymore is, like, the Border Patrol because it goes no, no. after the people they don't like. I mean, every other, like, federal agency they hate. The ATF they hate. The FBI they hate. The DEA eh, depends on who they're going after. Um, but, like, it, it's so funny. Like, the IRS thing is a perfect example of this, too, because they know exactly what these agencies do. Yeah. Like they know exactly like the IRS is not is not an agency that directly targets like poor and black people. So obviously it's evil as opposed to as opposed to like, say, your local police department, which all they do is just go after poverty yeah. and also like minorities. And that's pretty much it. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Like any part of the federal government that could somehow attack like rigid class structure is terrifying to them. I know. Yeah. So and like they've all been oh, maybe it was Stephen Crowder. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. That said the abolish the intelligence agencies. But he also was essentially like, hey, like the left should care deeply about this because this is the this is an unprecedented thing. Oh, he had Rudy Giuliani on to talk about how this was like an <laughs> unprecedented attack on the right wing. And that like, you know, federal agencies have never done anything like this ever to the left. And it's only a matter of time until they do it to the left. And I was like, no, buddy. that would never oh, happen. Dude, and here's another thing. This is what's so pathetic about the whole thing is like, you know, when this happened yesterday, last night, Steven Crowder tweeted like tomorrow, like wake up early, like it's war or whatever. And you know what he threatened to do? He straight up got on his podcast and man, again, this man is Canadian, so I don't even know if he can vote, but he threatened to not vote for Ted Cruz and Governor Ron DeSantis. That was his threat. Man, like that's owning me so much. So <laughs> pathetic that they're like, this is war. And then they get on their their podcast and say, guess what I'm going to do, Ron DeSantis? I won't vote for you until you say we should dismantle the FBI and CIA. It's crazy. It's so awesome that the right is just essentially becoming like the left on posting. So you just have everyone sounding like the key uh, – uh, hold Biden accountable Twitter account. Dude, they're like that. Like this was them fucking around, and then this fall when I don't vote for Ted Cruz, it's gonna be them finding out. It's like wow, <laughs> they created their own resistance. This is a new hashtag resistance. This is everyone's wonderful. a liberal man. They're all everyone's a liberal. Every, so. Everyone's a poster. That's all it is. It doesn't right, center, left. Everyone's yeah. a poster. Everyone cares about the exact same things. They're all also. Libs. Also, um, we are all libs. Yeah. Also, um, I had a point out to me earlier today that shook me hard that 
uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene looks like Lee Corso. Dude, I saw that. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Greg, I think we can hear you. Can you hear us? Okay, nice. good. Yeah, we can hear you. Yes. You know, yeah, weird technical difficulties. Maybe when cool. Lee Corso dies, we can just seamlessly switch him out with Marjorie what? Taylor Greene. Dude, they do. He, she does look like a stunning amount like uh, Lee Corso. It's really weird. Oh, um, not so fast, my friends. Yeah. It's, yeah. She uh, is so hot. All right. all right, Greg, take us to the next one. <laughs> so the Democrats actually did something. Um, kind of. Outside kind of, of, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you know, throwing. Yeah, kind of. But, you know, outside of throwing Trump in jail, you know, uh, they passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is apparently the biggest climate bill in history and uh, makes billion dollar corporations pay a teeny tiny bit of tax to fund clean energy. Um, it also apparently lowers prescription drug costs. Um, and it just opened up 620 million acres of public land for offshore drilling. That's awesome. Um, also, I just love the fact that like they tried to cap uh, super cool stuff. Yeah, they yeah. tried to cap uh, insulin prices on that as well for $35. Insulin is 35 yeah. And it failed 57 to 43 because we live in a democracy, apparently. Yeah. So, man, I've got a lot of thoughts about this. And I I was listening to I've listened to a lot of stuff about this. Uh, so, so essentially, this is the this is what Build Back Better was supposed to be. And, um, you know, when, the, yeah, when, when this is the, the very, very stripped down version. Yeah. Like the one twelfth version. And essentially... Yeah. What's happened is like when Build Back Better was supposed to be passed, um, the idea was that they would essentially not pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill in order to guarantee the votes they needed to pass the Build Back Better thing, which had, you know, had good stuff. And of course, it's when you're talking about the Democratic Party, you've got a mix of of all this stuff. But as far as Democrats go, <laughs> sneeze, uh, it was pretty decent. So. What they did is essentially give up all the, the the progressive caucus gave up their their leverage by saying, OK, we'll vote for this. And as long as we got like an oral guarantee that uh, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema are going to vote for Build Back Better, pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and then they refuse to vote for Build Back Better. And so this essentially is what we finally come to because they did have to pass something before the midterms or else they were really probably going to end up getting washed and they would want to not get washed, I guess. And uh, this it's, you know, we'll hear this touted as the biggest climate bill in history, which is true. But the line, the ba the the fucking goalposts are at the bar is at zero. Like there's like nothing preceding this exactly. for them to pass. And um, there are some other things in here and like, you know, some stuff around uh, healthcare, for instance. Um, but. The reality of this bill is like it, it is more of the exact same type of uh, policy from from Democrats. And one of the most frustrating things about this, and I'm not I don't want to rehash the Bernie discourse because that happens every like three months on the Internet. And it's like the most annoying thing that could possibly happen. But the reason why it came up again is because Bernie, you know, he he voiced a lot of issues that he had with this bill. You know, a few being like, you know, like eight, like uh, ACA subsidies. So Obamacare is essentially even more entrenched in our society because of this bill. 
And what, what this does yep. is it, the problem is it, it does have some material impact for people in that it, it lowers premiums for some people. But the problem is, is that how they're lowering pre- premiums is that the government is essentially kicking checks directly to the insurance companies to help cover those premiums. So that just makes, you know, the private insurance industry even more entrenched into our healthcare system. And part of, you know, we talked about this during like the early stage of the pandemic, but like one of the things that they did with some of those big bills was expanding COBRA instead of expanding Medicaid. That's that's like the same type of mindset where all these opportunities that we have to expand Medicaid. And one of the things that Bernie was trying to do, he was adding amendments to this bill. He had a bunch of amendments that he was drafting and adding, and he knew they weren't going to pass. But he had these amendments that were essentially like, okay, let's cover hearing and dental or and vision or whatever for for Medicare. And that got voted against 99 to one, for instance. And what comes on top of that is that you had senators like Cory Booker, I think Swalwell probably, what's the the tweeting senator from Hawaii, I can't remember his name. Um, they were all like essentially being like, you know, kind of getting mad at Bernie for introducing these amendments because they didn't want to, they were like, okay, I agree with them, but I'm voting against them because I don't want to do anything to jeopardize this bill. They're all kowtowing to mansion and cinema, which is the most frustrating position for us to continually be in year after year after year after year because the problem is is that we are stuck in this perennial position of having no leverage they always know that as long as Uh they can do something to help people just a little bit they'll get the the progressive or the left vote and you have bernie being the only like actual left person in the senate and then you've got a handful in the in the house and they know that they can always count on these people to vote the way that they want them to, as long as people are helped marginally. There could be a give out to corporations that account for 99% of the bill, but as long as 1% of that goes to helping people, they know they can get the progressive vote because of you know their desire to actually help people and make some material difference. The problem is, is that that strategy gets us stuck in this situation time and time again. And it can only... like I, I It's something that I, that's just been eating at me quite a bit recently is like, there isn't a long-term strategy with that because, you know, we never, how much, how much more, uh, bad word, how many more bad words were said in the direction of Bernie Sanders than like Joe Manchin recently, you know, like no one's kowtowing to Bernie Sanders because they know they got his vote anyway. Oh, they're going the exact opposite. They're praising Joe Manchin now. Exactly. I I was going to say, I saw a lot of that. I saw a lot of like Manchin just did more in this weekend than Bernie's done in his X number of decades as a senator. It's so insane. Yeah. Because like, it's, we know we we know what this game is that they play like over and over and over again, and you know and like God bless Bernie like he, we know that he's the only one that seems to actually give a damn. But it's like you know he doesn't withhold his vote because he wants to help like the he wants to like help people on those margins, and that yeah. does make a difference for those people on those margins. But it at the same time it weakens our position because we're never the people that they have to try to earn our vote. Yeah. Earn their vote, you know? And, and it, it drives me crazy that Bernie is getting more shit than Kristen Cinema right it's now. Insane. It's Especially insane. because she yeah. got a $35 billion carve out for private equity from this oh, fucking thing. Dude, did you see the finance yeah. bros in the club posting like, like cinema's the real homie memes or whatever? Like, because of the, the like the windfall stock, what's some weird tax loophole that essentially allows them to just 
skip out on a ton of taxes through stocks. Like, I don't know. She she carved out something. They put something in there so she could carve it out and essentially give all the private equity finance people a win. And she Cinema, did. Cinema is straight up the most corrupt member of the Senate. Oh, like deeply. She's she's so so like, bad. So deeply in the and it's so yeah, so deeply in the pocket of like multi-level marketing schemes, private equity bros. Like she received like apparently she received like five hundred thousand in in donations from private equity up to this point. So like yeah. of course of course she did it because like the, the only thing she doesn't care about helping anyone else. She just cares about like. Uh, probably just getting a carve out for herself and getting a nice yeah. cushy lobbying job when she gets thrown her ass. In a few yeah. Years. Yeah. Cause she, she knows that her, she's tanked her actual political career, but yeah, but now she's, she's set for life as a lobbyist or whatever other like dog shit job she has lined up when she does lose yeah. her. Sex. Yeah. Cause I, I think it was, it was like three months ago or something, or maybe it was like four or five could have been last year who cares but like the polling said like arizona democrats have a six percent uh approval rating of her yeah six percent yeah and um anyway there's a lot of good stuff out there that that talks about this the most recent thing i was listening to was i was listening to left reckoning had a good episode tonight and they had ben spielberg on and he was talking about a lot of these Mm -hmm. concerns so uh, I really have been enjoying Left Reckoning recently. Matt Leck and David Griscom do good. It's work. a good show. So, Leck's a good um, dude. Yeah, and Ben Spielberg had a lot of good things. To, I mean, he didn't have a lot of good. He had a lot of good things to say. He wasn't positive about this bill. Um, he thinks that there's yeah. a lot of overselling the positive is the positives and underselling the negatives of this bill, um, which is of course I can't imagine that. So I don't know. Um, there's you know. <laughs> Big, the biggest crime bill in history, uh, but like, you know, there's it's so much, it's so much less than what we should be doing, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a damn shame. But anyway, we can keep going. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, I'll do these these two quickly. We guys want to laugh at yes, some losers. Please. All right. So hell line number three, more like Alex Bone. <laughs> Nice. While on while on trial for defaming Sandy Hook victims, it was revealed that Alex Jones's lawyers, Alex Jones, of course, of InfoWars nice. fame, his lawyers sent the prosecutors the contents of his phone and long hidden financials by mistake. That is all his texts and emails over the last uh, two years, and they didn't mark it as Whoops. privileged. These are uh, emails and texts he said didn't exist while under oath. The info has now been turned over to the January 6th committee. Um, and the cell phone data includes an intimate photo of Alex Jones's wife that was sent to Roger Stone, uh, which is – it's unsure if that was uh, consensual. Anyway, the jury awarded $45.2 million in punitive damages to two Sandy Hook families, which Jones must pay over and above the $4.1 million in compensatory damages he was also ordered. Awesome. I don't know yeah. if you guys saw the trial or if you guys like saw his face when like the big bombshell dropped, but it was the funniest thing I've I've ever seen and I it goes back to the uh we've talked about him a lot apparently but like Nick Mullen has a bit about how he thinks that Alex Jones is one of the greatest like performance artists (laughs) of our uh generation you know and he's like you just you you know you don't get that red if you're not doing something with your heart (laughs) and this and like 
Alex Jones was in the car courtroom looking like the Kool-Aid. He looked man. insane. No, he looked so insane. He days. had like, and there's all sorts of like insane little bits about that uh, that trial. Yeah. Like apparently he he developed some sort of like weird tick like cough uh anytime that like things were going bad for him yeah you know and then like made up something about how like he, he had like uh bad molars and had to chew uh chew gum and like tried to show the the judge his mouth you know like all sorts of insane shit and like you know one of the sandy hook parents came up to uh alex after like during a break in the trial and like gave him some water to help him out with his cough and apparently it ended with him like calling the parents like autistic and saying uh you're neurodivergent and you're a god yeah, he went on the show to say that about the parent too and then they use oh, it as he? evidence he went on against show the next day in court incredible yeah, it was it was i didn't know that at trial he just like That's stopped showing better. up and then just like recorded a session of Infowars and then came back and like you know what's well yeah. you defamed the you defamed the defend the plaintiff again you, you know what's awesome about this too is that he's facing like two more of these same <laughs> civil trials. Yeah, he's got two more of these same defamation He's still got to go like, through the Dominion voting machine, people. Yeah. Yeah. This tough. is absolutely unbelievable. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, <sighs> and then uh, speaking of, of idiots, uh, hell line number four. Uh, so sheep then. Uh, this is from the Deseret News, a Utah-based apparel company known for its inflammatory T-shirts that often espoused pro-Second Amendment and pro-Trump messages, was ordered to pay a hefty fine for the, by the FTC for falsely claiming some of its products were made entirely in the United States. <laughs> Lions Not Sheep and its owner, Sean Whalen, were hit with a $211,335 fine last week after the FTC found the company removed the Made in China tags on, on his apparel and replaced them with phony Made in USA labels. I have uh, done a deep dive on this guy tonight. and <laughs> He's a freak! He, like, he is just every, like like real estate guy from back east who moved west and just got really into steroids yeah he's like if you put every single like uh right wing trope into like the doll e uh g mini ai generator and like this is this is the final it product. might be worth doing It might be a net worth doing an episode about like him and some of like the tangentially related oh, people. No. Around yeah, him we, we are planning at some point to do like a masculinity, like manosphere for Utah people. Oh, wow. There, there's enough episode. people in this state we can we can do those with. Yeah. No, this state like, is flooded with psychos. I would love oh, to do a follow God. up on some of the AlphaCon people because I think that they've had like the bulls had some interesting stuff stuff recently and like jimmy rex i think i jimmy rex is starting to be on tiktok quite a bit 
Um, and he's like he, he's like fifty five. Well, okay. Well, he's posting clips from his his. He's basically he's posting clips from his podcast on TikTok. And um, my point is, is he's still fifty five. Yeah. Well, so he um, is he like m- m- uh, most recently he had like some Mormon bishop on who went to Costa Rica to do ayahuasca. And he's like an active Mormon bishop. <laughs> and it honestly his, sounded kind of his interesting. His bishop so is like, Aaron Rodgers. So basically, yeah, dude. So basically, I think he's trying to do like Joe Rogan shit where he's talking about the power of... Dude, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, uh, did you guys see his interview with uh, on Pardon My Take? <laughs> no. No. Dude. <laughs> It's so funny. Okay, you know, we can talk about that later. Uh PFT commentator asked him how many people he thinks he's killed <laughs> with his anti-vaccine shit. So oh that my was pretty God. funny. Uh that was that was crazy. Anyway, Incredible. so uh yeah, pretty good stuff. <laughs> so yeah, this uh the Sean Whalen dude though, he's amazing though. Um all I can say is it looks like if Hulk Hogan and also like Jared Leto's Joker got kicked into the fly machine. Dude, yes. Yes. He's insane looking. Dude, he Absolutely looks like insane. yeah, he looks like like somebody like a lower tier like nineties WWE wrestler. It's pathetic. I love He's it. He's the guy that uh, that um, Steven Seagal kills in the first act of an action movie. Did you guys see that Steven Seagal was hanging out in that like prison massacre scene in Donbass? Yeah. No. <laughs> Steven Seagal's in the Donbass region right now. So. Out here, gonna kill some motherfucking Azov. Dude, he... <laughs> he's i don't know what's going on but he's yeah he's been hanging out in donbass and he there was like some i hope we get a biopic man i hope we. i mean of all the people to get to do a biopic on we got to get one on steven seagal we should do a biopic and a biopsy on him because that man's got a special brain um (laughs) anyway so yeah the lines on the sheep thing is so what's crazy okay here's the thing here's the big thing i have about that lines not sheep company is that their shirts look like shit and oh, they're, they're awful they're, they're like terrible so, so low effort and like one of his posts he was talking about he's like oh i wanted i wanted to like i was dreaming to be you know so rich and so like having all of this financial security that i could buy 17 homes all over the world or whatever so i started this incredible clothing brand or whatever and he's talking about this one of course dude anytime i see somebody wearing one of these shirts it looks like they like spray painted them themselves like they look terrible yeah and it, I, I didn't even know it was a real brand i thought it was just the thing that people were just fucking painting on their shirts because it looks so stupid it's like one step below even like the uh facebook uh, algorithm if you are a forklift certified sagittarius <laughs> dude, who's a vegetarian yes. uh yeah. exactly okay and as someone who supports like bootleg companies like these are so bad i know people that are running operations out of their like damn closets that look way better than this and And they're they're all all just this isn't a bias i have against right-wing clothing because i think right-wing clothing is hilarious there was that guy i saw at the rsl game that was wearing that shirt that said when guns are outlawed i'll become the outlaw and it had like a skeleton with an american flag bandana and a like a revolver that was sick Uh, more of that and less of this such a low effort design where people are just spray painting lines not sheep on them and then making millions of dollars it's 
and it's insane it's horrible yeah if you're gonna wear some shit at least make it as much the share zone as humanly possible like, <laughs> yes that's what i'm saying dude i hate it like it's they, so low effort like all of them are just like what if we did lions not cheap except in the same sort of way of like straight out of compton is it's like cool like that oh was awesome like dude a decade ago and also i've seen like how many how many moms did you guys see around here that was like they were wearing like um parody shirts of that that were like straight out of alpine you know oh saw, yeah 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 like is that really the type of like thing you also want to be parodying it's like people that are also doing like make america great again hat parodies like just it's oh so, yeah yeah like, like yeah like make make house music great again all it's that like, yeah it's so you this lazy <laughs> yeah like parodies of parodies it's yeah, so it's, corny it's embarrassing yeah, no there, no more of that please just great shirts here there's one called free man where it just says free man dude there's they're a, so lame it's there, so low effort it's there just, was one it's there was one energy. i saw that like that that just straight up in like big block lettuce said fuck your masks which oh, but then like yeah. on top of it they also had like a spray painted like picture of a mask that was crossed out like that had like the cross out sign it's dude it is like sad. have one or the other dude i know graphic design <laughs> is your passion but yeah like maybe you, make it even like a, a a tad more subtle you will find so much better shirts at like a jersey shore shop that's what i'm dude, saying man. Any, walk any any pier in america <laughs> yeah go to any swap meet any pier any it just anywhere you're, dude, you're the fucking found. the shirts they give away at lagoon Dude, or better yes. quality. Yeah. Or like there's like 16 year old kids on Fairfax in LA selling their streetwear and it's like infinitely better than this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like so much more effort. It's all, they're all like just a, like screen printed Gildan bullshit. I don't. Yeah. Let's well. Yeah. Made in China blanks. So yeah. pretty cool. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so funny. Can you imagine like being like getting your first internship out of college and it's with this lion's not cheap and you think like, oh, I got like this reputable company, you know, and I'm going to start my entrepreneurial career and I'm going to learn from the best. And yeah. your job is to cut off the made in China <laughs> tasks <laughs> and, okay. and, and, then, and then iron on some sort of made in America patch. Dude, that's so that's funny. your first job out of college. Jordan, so I know you looked deeply at his Instagram. Did he say anything about the fine or anything like that or no? There's a 15-minute video that is attached to his Instagram where he's talking about that too, but I, I can't and be it's bothered just, to listen I, I to I listened to a little minutes. bit of it, and it's just your typical, like exactly what you would think it would be. It's like, oh, it's fake news, and I'm being slandered, and I'm the victim, and they got it completely wrong, and – like just well, like it's, there's no actual apologies, despite like owing the FTC money. Like they, he's they've got him dead to right. Bro, seriously, and like he's still just digging his his heels in. And the thing that's insane, if you read the comments, it's like mm, you just got a new, you know, you got a new customer for life. Way to stick it, way to stick it to the 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 fake news media. Oh, that's so it's embarrassing. It's man. incredible. All you Lines have to not do, cheap, dude. All you have to do is continue to stoke the culture war flames. Even if the even if like they've got you dead to rights. Like these are people, like if this guy got executed for treason, 
like he could still just like you know on his last breath say fake news and would have <laughs> half the population in america believe him Dude, it, it is it is so embarrassing to to be a lions not sheep guy and basically your entire brand is i don't want to wear masks but then you just like so completely blindly follow this instagram loser like it's unbelievable how they don't see like any sort of irony in that at all. Well, and it's it incredible. goes. I think it ties in really well with all like the Infowars stuff. Like, yeah. What like in the uh, in the trial, it was revealed on uh, you know a couple the the weeks following Alex Jones being banned from Facebook and Twitter, he was making eight hundred thousand dollars a day. I don't even understand that, dude. That sounds like there was some money laundering situations going on. It, that, the fact, yeah, I, I don't know what's happening so there, but that is sawdust so, pills, but that's so much money. Yeah, dude, the sawdust pills. Yeah, it like is you're crazy. Making, that you're making, making five and a half million dollars a week. Yeah, oh, it's dude. insane. Um, just in case you think that these guys are scammers <laughs> or anything like that, I want you to know they're one hundred percent legitimate. Because they're putting out an NFT as well. And those <laughs> the images of those NFTs I just put in the Slack. So I want you all just to read oh, that no. in really quick. I, I don't I can't. Okay. I don't want to. Are, are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> dude, these are straight up like a, someone who's into furries drew these. This is they literally have the furry muscles. Like the an the the animated fur. This, this is, is so cool. This is so embarrassing. This is oh. so funny. Dude, one of them's holding a constitution. One of them's holding a handgun. The other one's holding a rifle when it has a mohawk and its tongue is out. And he's wearing a V-neck <laughs> and camo pants. Dude, and the... This... Oh, my... Oh my gosh, dude, this sucks. This sucks. Okay, can you read us the description? I saw the description for the NFTs. Can you please tell, read the description of how they describe? Okay, you, you, with this episode, we will tweet out what these images look like, and we have to read the description because to match the description with what we're looking at here is absurd. Okay, here we go. The Lion Not Sheep NFT is here. Lions Not Sheep NFT is your key to community built on a foundation of getting your house in order and aligning with those that feel the same. This NFT is your access to one of the largest communities in the world. Lions <laughs> oh, Not yeah? Sheep. We teach people about physicality and body, wealth management, creation and marketing, meditation and clear consciousness, clear programming is an even relationship. What the fuck? And then you get a lion that's holding a handgun <laughs> while smoking a cigar. Dude, that is so embarrassing. This, this these are, sucks, these are worse this than monkey sucks. pictures. These are way worse. The bored apes are way cooler than this. And those are the worst things ever. <laughs> Damn, this is so depressing. I'm glad NFTs are you have dying because oh, man, You now have so something ridiculous. even worse than Rudy Gobert's profile picture. Oh man, we we are doing a full episode on this guy. Like we have to. Yeah, this guy's a psycho. This is awesome. Anyway, he does not get like one hell line. He is he is uh, getting an episode. Yeah, this rules. All right. Oh my god. Well, okay. <laughs> so unfortunately, we have to talk about something shift. That's, that's pretty de pretty depressing. And now for an alarming change of tone. You might have been wondering. <laughs> you might have been wondering why the word Mormon. Uh, or hotline was trending or joseph uh, smith has been trending forever yeah for multiple times on twitter recently and it's unfortunately because uh 
we've talked about them a few times in a few different contexts, but the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has their own dedicated law firm in Salt Lake uh, called Curtin McConkie. Mike, very, and, very close, right downtown. I mean, I could, yeah. I could a stone's throw yep. away. Yeah, so they, they're downtown uh, in Salt Lake. They've had a very close relationship with the church for a really long time. Uh, they've been, like when the church was doing things around, sorry, I don't want to say around, when they were trying to prevent gay marriage from being a thing uh, in this country, uh, it was Curtin McConkie that was very much involved in uh, that type of litigation. And uh, it turns out, and again, there was some reporting back in 2019 that detailed some of this, but it, it, there was a news story in the AP where they acquired nearly 12,000 pages of records showing that there was a helpline uh, at Curtin McConkie that was run by the Mormon Church. A part of uh, run by the Mormon Church is part of a system that can be misused to divert abuse accusations against the church members away from law enforcement and out of the public eye. So essentially, they had. This helpline that would advise the church on how to uh, not get in legal trouble when uh, there were clergy, clergy, other leadership within the church, uh, etc., reporting sexual abuse or misconduct um, that took place within the confines of uh, the church itself. Jordan, do you want to walk us through this one? <laughs> because I feel uh, like you've uh, poisoned your brain more than any, anyone else about this. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about lion NFTs. I, uh, it's unbelievable. It's that uh, I wish I wish my entire life could just be I'm thinking about lion. Really NFTs. mad that you showed me those. <laughs> those are uh, so much. Well, I'm glad you uh, get those. Well, like, I, that those images are now like seared in my brain. Yeah. You yeah. talk about you talk about the tiny dancer video being the last thing you see. I'm 95% sure the last thing I'm going to see is a lion smoking a cigar while holding the Constitution. It's yeah. going to be a lion with like a barrel chest <laughs> clutching the Constitution. Yes. It, it's, it's As awesome. it should be. Uh, so the story that came out uh, just barely, especially from the AP, um, pretty much details a few law cases that have gone through um, what we've had. Um I don't even know where to start on this one because it's um, it's pretty horrific. Like like there's like reading through this, like all I felt was just rage. Yeah, because what happened was a bishop in Bisbee, Arizona, was taking <clears throat> essentially confessions from a border patrol agent. Also a fun fact, cops do commit horrible crimes um, who admitted to who essentially led to just sexually assaulting his daughter and did it for years and recorded the, it, recorded it, distributed it online, posted it on the internet, like every horrible thing you could possibly think of. Yeah. And this went on for seven years because, and within full knowledge of the church, because what happened was this Bishop called this hot hotline that got transferred to Curtin McConkie. Curtin McConkie then uh, told him, well, you're not really in a reporting state, so just don't do anything. And nothing happened. And yeah, it's horrible. And what this has really done is it's also kind of just like kind of opened up the waterworks a little bit when it comes to like, like the dam kind of broke a little bit. And like yeah. I saw it everywhere on Twitter too, where people were talking about, yeah, I was molested in the church. I was sexually assaulted in the church. I was, 
and people were talking about how the church had done nothing, despite the fact that my, many leaders knew about it, bishops knew about it, stake presidents knew about it, and a lot of them went nowhere. And it seems like a lot of the stopping point for a lot of this was this law from Curtin McConkie, where um, the co-founding partner of it was actually the brother of Bruce R. McConkie, who was like one of the major apostles of the church, who wrote yeah. tons of doctrine thing like Honestly, like modern Mormonism kind of flows through him. So that's kind of shows how intertwined the church is with this. Like if you resign from the LDS church right now, your membership records are reviewed by Curtin McConkie. Like that's how that's how intertwined this is. So this it's not even like a private entity entity anymore. Like it's Technically just a it branch of the church. It's a it's a private entity in that it also takes on private clients as well yeah. and also does litigation. Like for example, uh, one of their clients is Operation Underground Railroad, which <laughs> <laughs> that is just way too on the nose, honestly. It's so it's so perfect. Which also, like, if you're thinking about that too, like, yeah, well, Operation Underground Railroad could also be seen as a vessel of the church as well. So maybe we don't pull that thread too much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you guys want, you know, we've already done a few episodes on that, too. You guys can go back yeah, and you can, listen to that. You those. can go back and listen to that. There's plenty of that. But this is not a new thing that was known by everyone. Like, in 2019, Vice actually put out an article talking about We talked about, this. about it. We yeah. read the article. Talked about it, too. Like, And I just want to reiterate some of those things on it, too. Um, direct abuse related calls to church leaders, legal experts say, let the Mormon church classify them as quote, attorney client end quote communications. And so protect them from disclosure and lawsuits and other forums. The church's maintenance of secrecy is so absolute that staffers at LDS family service who take notes during helpline calls are required to shred them at the end of every day, says Koznoff, the plaintiff's attorney who was in a, who was in a separate, uh, lawsuit against the church on for an action on sexual assault that was also reported to the church quote it's a helpline for the lawyers not the children or anybody else said Koznov, who has gone up against Curtin mcconkey more than a hundred cases quote it gives them an opportunity to get involved to quickly send lawyers out there talk to victims silence them if they can separately an internal Curtin mcconkey document obtained by vice news suggested that the firm also advises mormon church officials about whether they should notify public authorities about incidents of sexual abuse or misconduct the 2012 document entitled quote special investigations and projects is a spreadsheet listing several sexual abuse cases involving church members at the time most of the cases cited in the documents occurred outside the united states and involved mormon men who were on religious missions or so-called quote elders uh, but one case concerned a Texas man who was at least 18, the young stage at which a Mormon can be can be a missionary. In 2012, the man, while serving his mission in Arizona, confessed to church officials that before leaving his ho home in Texas, he had exchanged sexually explicit photographs with a 15-year-old girl. He also acknowledged that since arriving in Arizona, he had kissed and touched a 15-year-old girl, the Curtin McConkie document states. Church leaders had decided to end the man's mission but the Curtin McConkie document noted that while church officials in Texas would have a quote, a duty under state law to report his behavior to state officials, if he returned home, doing so could result in felony charges against him. Quote, his conduct is clearly unlawful in Texas and his state president would have a duty to report, end quote. The document states, quote, it is clear that the elder needs to go home. Direction? And they didn't. So, yeah. What this is, and it's pretty clear, no matter 
what else you hear about it is this wasn't a failure of like the bishop or anything that it was a failure on a moral level but it wasn't an institutional one because this is an institutional humming directly as it should yeah absolutely you know and i've seen i've seen some things online like some people you know defending the church and and saying like you know there's there's the legal loophole or not really the loophole but the law that says that like clergy doesn't necessarily have to uh report these kinds of incidences uh due to arizona law and so the uh, the church wasn't necessarily obligated to do so and they weren't you know even if it did it would it may have been thrown you know thrown out of court or whatever but it's like it's the same thing of like yeah, you're also not like legally obligated to like jump in and help somebody who's drowning in a pool, but it's the right fucking thing to do. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's maddening to think about at a certain point too. Like it's, it's utterly insane, you know, and like, go ahead, go ahead. And also like, it's perfect timing because it comes right after the judge and the boy scouts of america bankruptcy hearing yeah throughout the church's settlement too the only religious organization to have their settlement rejected because what the judge said is that the quarter billion dollar settlement that they were going for was not enough to make up for the possibility of liability that the church had in this or in this process so, so it you know one can only infer that it goes much deeper yeah i mean i i think that's what you can say too i mean None of it's good. Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me, you know, of, you know, a lot of people saying like, well, if, if this was going on, like, why weren't there whistleblowers and why weren't there people who were, who were, you know, speaking out? And I remember the story. I've forgotten his name and I apologize. I, I, you know, I, I should have looked it up. But there was that Mormon bishop who was making headlines a couple of uh, a couple of years ago blowing the whistle on this exact kind of stuff that was going on and he got excommunicated yeah he was yeah well what i, I know who you're talking about too he was protesting at temple square saying that he there was. should be not bishop interviews with underage children alone without parents oh that's right yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that makes total sense like one why would the church want to take on that liability unless they already have some protections in place to begin with and their protections in place was well we just have a law firm that takes care of it yeah like, yeah i just, mean the yeah the bishop interview thing for context for people is um fucked up it's insane yeah it's really bad so essentially like i mean as soon as you turn I, it happens when you're younger too but like when you after you're like the age of 12 especially it feels like it was more uh regular yeah, no, it, it's it's totally normal to be 14 years old and have a guy in his 50s ask you if you masturbate. Yeah, so essentially a lot of these questions are, um, man, yeah. Anyway, so like they ask you like if you're essentially obeying the rules of the church um, and a lot of those, uh, like especially when you become like a young teenager or whatever, are focused on like what they deem to be like sexual impropriety. And um, if you have broken any sort of rule uh, regarding like any type of like sexual behavior, like, you know, as a teenager, as a minor, especially, um, you're asked to describe in detail what it was to just just some grown man, some random guy. And that's that's another thing that really just makes me 
sick. And, we, you know, we've talked about how, you know, cops aren't the right people to be responding to crises. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, there's all sorts of just terrible fallout of that. The same thing applies to Mormon bishops. They're just yeah. dudes. Like, I don't need some, like, accountant named Frank. <laughs> Being the guy, like being the authority on like what is and isn't morality and like what should and shouldn't be reported to authorities. Oh, just strip it of all of its context. Yeah. You have a person, an adult male that's in 40s, 50s, it doesn't matter, asking an underage person, male or female, about their sexual activity. Yeah. It's also like on the other side, it's unfair of the church to ask just random Random people to do this, like to be somebody's therapist, to be like, you know, the the judge, jury and executioner in these situations. Like they don't have the qualifications for it. It's such a disgusting, immoral, just nonsensical system. Even for the ones that aren't doing sense, even for the ones that aren't doing creepy sicko shit like you know beyond what the church already asks them to do like because like growing up i had bishops that were just like normal guys who i liked generally and genuinely good people yeah that are just like normal guys they and you know (laughs) if like you really think about uh a, a lot of the stuff in the church you know it's like you're just neighbors your parents friends or whatever just in the neighborhood and everyone seems like relatively normal based on like what you're used to and so and like you know you would have people that you didn't like or thought were like weird or whatever just like you would in any situation but i like i remember there were you know i had multiple bishops growing up that i thought were were cool guys and there was one in particular that i you know at one point in my life like i was never I don't feel like I was ever like fully truthful in, in those interviews because I thought they were weird and very uncomfortable and it didn't seem right. normal or good at all. But I remember one time I did say some stuff to one of the bishops and what sucks is that it really felt like it changed my relationship with that person who I who I kind of like looked up to who was like at one point like a scout leader who we went on like camps that were fun. And again, it's just a normal guy. But then once I like, you know, had this like interaction with him, or whatever it felt wrong and weird and like changed that like forever and it felt you know and so like even for the ones that i i didn't get like you know he wasn't like a creep or whatever he was doing what the church asked him to do or called him to do and that what he believed was to was right was a bit bad <laughs> like yeah. yeah made me feel bad and i still think about that and i'm not like this isn't like religious trauma or whatever but i'm just like that's just like a weird thing to do and i have like the most minimal baseline situation and i still think about how that was so weird so for anyone that had anything more intense or strange than mine like it's just got it it's it's insane and for like like you i mean exactly what you're saying greg like putting these just like random dudes in this position is such a weird thing to do With, and then when it, and it just takes and the it's right unfair, type of freak, it's, it's unfair to ask them to do that. Like they totally shouldn't is. be and, people's therapists and they shouldn't be people's caseworkers and social workers. Yeah. They don't have the qualifications to do that. And then yeah. it just takes the right like type of weirdo or freak to do something really to abuse messed the up power. with that power. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the case too. I mean, there's countless stories of just a guy who has chosen to be scoutmaster or young men's yeah. leader or young or, or any sort of like position in the church where it's not really required that you have any training or that you're evaluated to make sure you're actually good for that position. 
and then you just get thrown out there and then you do some pretty crazy shit dude how yeah. many how many like boy scout stories are there of like just some like random scout master like taking a group of kids out in the woods for hiking and like one of the kids gets lost or like you know takes them canoeing and like one of the kids falls off the falls out of the boat yeah. and you know like there are countless stories of this kind of stuff happening and it's again there's no there's no accountability there's no training like you're just putting just random dudes in these terrible situations they're they're incapable of handling and they and, shouldn't be asked to do so and at a certain point, that's that's what the church can use to kind of wash their hands of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, Bishop did the wrong thing. We gave him a handbook. I don't know why he didn't follow it. Yeah. Yep. So it's not good. <laughs> yeah, there always seems to just be enough plausible deniability. I remember 20 minutes ago when we were talking about the Lion NFTs? yeah that was that was pretty cool that was that, that, that was, was a lot cool. better but i mean like this is this is stuff that just like <laughs> i don't know this uh this law firm in particular just has like a weird impact on uh this state of course and there's just like this this stuff just like looms over everyone everyone that lives here mainly people that like grew up here or grew up in the church or whatever it's just like there's this stuff that's just kind of just sitting here and this is how like a lot of this stuff functions and uh it's it's really messed up and yeah i mean i don't know the the responses to this have been have been intriguing i guess uh it's also it's also been pretty infuriating because the day after the ap story dropped the church released a press you know just put out a press release basically saying that the ap story was fake news And they've yet to follow that up with any sort of proof as to why it was fake. Mm -hmm. They just said like it was misinformed and like uh, in so many words was salacious and, you know, they took things out of context. But again, like no proof, but like despite the burden of proof being on the church, they don't have to do anything because they have such a captive membership. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just think about the guy on Twitter the other day. I saw I was like, who someone asked him, like, why would you keep paying tithing if it's not going to help anyone too? I was like, well, it's a commandment. If they could, they could burn it for all I care. It's like, what? Yeah. No, like normal, when you get, sure. when you get stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's, you're too far gone, man. Like at that point, you're just admitting that like, you're okay with a certain amount of, you know, sexual assault and pedophilia. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cost of doing business. To yeah, some exactly. People, I guess. Yeah. I just, I mean, and, and I understand it and it makes me really sad as somebody who grew up in the church and understands that it really just permeates it, it, it every aspect of your life. Like if you're a part of the LDS church, you're not just a part of it. Like it becomes your identity. It, it is who you are. It it's, takes over every facet of your life. So it's hard to, you know, accept things as they are. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, and like, dude, like the episode we did about the like financial assistance the church provides uh-huh. a lot of times, that's another, that's all. Yeah. That's, that's an, a whole other thing. That's a, like, that's another, you know, uh, another like hold they have on people. A lot of cases. So not only is it like, 
you know, your identity and like your, your friends, your neighborhood, the people that you're like your entire social life and your community and like an, an increasing alienating society. Yeah. But it, sometimes it's also, uh, your, your financial stabilization sure. as well. So there's like so many things that like, it can kind of like make, it can make its way into so many people's lives and have that type of hold on people. And then, you know, uh, and there's stuff like this that happens and yeah, it's not good. I'm, I'm really interested no, to see what, like what the follow-up to this is. Is it, is it a story that just comes and goes or will, are we actually going to see any sort of actual consequences? There are more and more people, uh, going to be leaving the church. I know one thing that's really interesting is with all of this, this stuff that's been going on with the church and the church being in the limelight that, uh, what is it? Missions are at an all time low. Yeah. And, and it seems like the church has pivoted from like, we really want you to go on a mission. We encourage mission, uh, mission work. Um, but it's your choice to now basically demanding 18 year olds go on. Like it's no longer, it's no longer a choice. Like if you want to, if you want to get into the celestial kingdom, you have to go on a mission. Yeah. I I think like at a certain point, like this is a tipping point for a lot of people, like Uh to, to people who are deep in like a tick, like they're not going to leave. They're never going to leave. Like they'll, they'll, they'll be the, they'll be like the Japanese defenders on like a Filipino yeah. island all by themselves. You're going like to, yeah, you're going to see, you're going to see the Mormon version of like the people on Iwo Jima. <laughs> yeah. Who just there for decades afterwards yeah. too, and like fighting farmers afterwards. Um, but also the same point too, if you like, you were close, this is probably the thing that pushes you over. Yeah. And, like, and look at the church's response to it, too. Like the only things I've really seen come out of this and like there was one article from the Deseret News. It was like Ugh, the work I did on the Curtin McConkie health heart hotline really helped me feel like I was fulfilling. They called them heroes. Community. Yeah. Like in no matter what, like every single time you see this, too, like everyone's like, who would you report to? And it's like, there's no answer. Who would you send this information to? Eh, no answer. Just vague reportedness. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there's just, there's so much that hasn't even been touched on. And that's what I mean about the burden of proof being on the LDS church. Like, if the story was salacious, if it was misinformed, how so? You know, you could probably very easily come up with a conspiracy theory that some like Mormons in the FBI conducted the raid against Trump just to get it out of the news. Ooh. Mm. Tinfoil hat, man. I'm, I'm putting it on. on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's a real, real bad situation. But yeah, it is. um, I will, I will say, I will go on record and say, like, if there are people who are listening to this podcast, if you have questions, if you need to talk to someone who has left the church and has gotten their, their records removed, my DMS are always open. Yes. Yeah. I I know how, how difficult that can be and how alienating it is. And I still, you know, as a 37 year old man still deal with it on a fairly regular basis from both sides of my family. Um, so I'm happy to, I, I don't know if I'll have the answers for you, but I'm always happy to talk it out. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> any, uh, I, don't, I don't know what else can be said. It's just no, it's, dude, it's, it's so it's, sad and it's so heartbreaking. heartbreaking. And I'm so enraged and I have so many feelings about like moving forward of like, you know, seeing people who I love um, who are in yeah. this and like um, how that can be acceptable to them. And like, how do I not look at them differently moving forward? Mm hmm. Anyway, that's yeah. a conversation between me and my therapist. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's like it's an impossible conversation sometimes. It feels yeah. like, but um, yeah. Anyway, well, gents, uh, any any final notes we want to end tonight's episode on? We have a Patreon. Um, <laughs> I, I need to pitch that more. Like, I do not plug it at all um patreon.com slash brigham young money uh i am going to restructure it at some point because i put a lot of stuff on there initially thinking that we were going to have a hell of a lot more time than we actually do uh mm. lower the price if you give us a buck we'll give you a couple extra episodes a month i don't really know we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get you out yeah uh like i don't yeah. think we need to have the tier system just because like i fuck dude I, I i can barely have time to do one episode totally yeah 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 especially through like this like like i said the summer has just been crazy um especially i mean yeah i guess the summer when we started we were in our home homes a lot more Here, not here's the thing much. join join the patreon by the thousands um we will all <laughs> quit our jobs and become full-time podcasters and we will give you all the episodes you can handle. I'm trying to decide if that's something yes. I would even want. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it. I think that my. I think that my wife would kill me. Yeah, I think that I, I would end up in the backyard. Yeah, I, I think if all of us tried to be like Hassan Piker, we would all just end up living together because all of our significant others would leave us. Would just I, was end thinking, up <laughs> I was thinking about. I was thinking about that specifically when it comes to Twitch and how much time Hassan is like Twitch streaming, and I'm like. Like, man, that I was like, it'd be kind of fun to like do some Twitch streams, but then I'm like, I don't want that to become like an expectation at any point. But yeah, absolutely. Might be fun, might yeah. be fun for a while. I, I think after three weeks of thanks for the sub, uh, uh, three months in a row, way to go. I just paint the walls with my brains. Yeah, like, that's the thing is like, I, if somebody were to subscribe, I'd feel obligated to do it. And I don't want to feel obligated to, to do that. No, I'm like, I love all of the people who listen to the show. You're wonderful. Uh, I like playing yes. with my with my kid more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty fair. I yeah, like. I was about to say like I I have stuff. Like <laughs> as as much as I love all of you, like I'm happy to do this once a week, um, at least maybe. Um, <laughs> but if I do more than that, I will I will just drive off a bridge. I. <laughs> yeah it's cool like, man. It's, think it's about awesome. all the episodes we do where we just feel worse about ourselves at the end of it like yeah man it's why tough. would i want to subject myself to that like every day i don't know what you're talking about i'm looking at lion pictures yeah that's that's that'll always make us feel good now okay forever. that that works but man those lions i cannot believe that dude why have they done this to us <laughs> why have they done this anyway right, i gotta well, go gents it's a good time to end it 
folks thanks for listening subscribe on patreon and we'll use get you'll use your money for good anyway just, right. just give us a buck we'll give you the episodes we don't thanks, yeah thanks for listening and we'll see everyone next time bye bye oh.